everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday. It is February 24th. It's 2020, and we have eight basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing just just fantastic. I crunched them today, played one lineup, and I crushed. So, I'm happy. It's always good. I always take NBA off on the weekends. So, Monday's always the refreshing day for me. Get back in the groove of NBA things. And um, I like this little slate. This slate, like, I like eight-game slates. Like, six to eight is, like, my wheelhouse. So, like, I, I like this slate. I think that there's a potentially one or two games that you could – potentially right off here but for the most part there's some decisions you're gonna have to make in some of these high total games which i always i always like when that happens yeah yeah no i was like i mean it looks like a lot of guys are gonna be incredibly chalky and there's decent pivots around the same price range for all of them all right well let's get started here miami at cleveland no total in this game jimmy butler is out tyler hero is out and myers leonard is out um cleveland kevin love is probable so they're good to go let's start here with miami obviously no butler no hero um no leonard or he kind of makes miami one of the biggest targets going up here against um cleveland yeah obviously match versus cleveland is fantastic for fantasy purposes without butler it's going to give a big upgrade to a lot of guys bam Sitting there at 8500 it's a decent price tag. But he definitely offers some upside. Bam's a guy that they'll be targeting. But, yeah, without Butler, without Hero, you've got to look at some of the guards here. I mean, Drogic, probably not the best tournament play, but still offers a little bit of upside. But either Nunn or Robinson, I would have to assume we have to come in there and give a little bit of a boost to the offense. Nunn, obviously coming off of a good game against Cleveland last time, puts up 46 points. I don't know how chalky he'll be. I wouldn't be surprised if he garners a decent amount of ownership, but still, like, he's offering some upside because they need him to come in there and do some stuff. Uh, but if you want to pivot, like, going down to Robinson is not the worst idea in the world. He paid 30 minutes the other night. Didn't put up a great outing, but he can obviously get hot. And, like, we've seen him put up 13, 15 three-point attempts in a game. Cleveland doesn't play a lot of defense. It's a good spot for him. Like, none is a great play, but Robinson's probably the better pivot in tournaments. Yeah, you know, I actually like Derek Jones Jr. a lot in this spot, too. He drew the start the other night um, against Cleveland with Butler out. His price increased here a little bit, not a ton, um, up 600 bucks, But 4100 I think he's one of the better value plays on this slate. I think he's going to be kind of chalky here in this matchup, assuming that he draws another start. Um, Kelly Olenek played a bunch the other night, too. We'll kind of have to kind of, you know, roll the dice with him. We'll have to see if, you know, if he could, if he gets to start again. Um, you know, we'll just have to kind of play that one out and see how it works out. But you know, he drew the start the other night for Jay Crowder. And it's the same matchup. So, like, that could be something, like, if the starting lineup comes out and Olenek's in there, maybe you kind of project him for, like, 22 to 24 minutes. And um, at 3,700, he has some upside. But, you know, Bam, obviously, a really strong play. Gordon Drogic is a good play. Kendrick Nunn's a good play. Miami is certainly a team, especially in cash games, you know, I'll have multiple pieces of here, um, assuming that nothing crazy comes out news-wise. Uh, let's go over to the Cleveland side of things here. Healthy Cleveland team. They just went up against this Miami team. You know, Andre Drummond just not playing a ton of minutes right now. You know, only 25 minutes last game. Wasn't playing a ton before the break. Um, what do you like, if anything, here for Cleveland? 
Yeah, I really don't think I like anything at all. I mean, obviously, Drummond, if he gets a minutes, he has upside, but we can't expect that at this point. He's playing mid-low 20s almost every single game here. Kevin Love not playing a ton of minutes. They just have so many big guys that, like, and they have no real reason to win. Yes, they have an outside shot at the playoffs, but they have no reason to try and go for that. So all the big guys are kind of just a cross-off for me. Yes, any one of them go off for a big game, but eight-game slate with plenty of good plays on it. I don't think I'm going to go with any of them. I think the only guy that I'm really looking at is, like, maybe Sexton. Like, Sexton or Garland. Yes, Garland hasn't been putting up big numbers. He's obviously getting his usage eaten into a little bit because there's so many masses feet here. But he's in there at 4,400, and he's put up – 11 plus shot attempts in five straight games. He can get hot. He can get a little bit of a boost. It's not a great matchup going up against Miami, but still like he's cheap enough where I think that he could very easily go off for a decent game here. Uh, Sexton can go off for a big game at any given time, but it's really just those two guys. I have no interest in these bigs here. Yeah. I really don't have any interest in Cleveland. Like if you want to take some tournament shots, I have no issues with it, but I'm not even, like, interested really in, like, running it back with any of these guys, even though I'm going to be playing, you know, multiple Miami guys here. So, um, just not a team that I see a lot of upside. If if Love wasn't going to play, I think you could play Osman. But with Love expected to play here, I just, you know, Osman's minutes are going to go back down to, like, that 28-ish minute range. And he has upside when he plays 38 minutes. You know, it's 10 extra minutes. So, um, just not seeing a lot here from Cleveland in general. So. Um, Milwaukee at Washington, 240 and a half here. Milwaukee favored by 12 and a half in this game. Um, Kyle Corver's out and Brooke Lopez is out. Um, Washington's on the second end of a back-to-back, so we'll have to kind of see if anything comes out. I know Bradley Beal had a big game on Sunday, uh, 53 actual points. Uh, let's start here with the Bucks side of things. Uh, anything standing out to you from Milwaukee? I mean, it's a matchup versus Washington if – Game stays close, either Giannis or Middleton could potentially go off for a big game. I'd be more up to play Giannis just because his massive upside in a matchup like this is absolutely there. Like He's a great spend-up on this slate if this game ends up staying close. Just don't know if it will. They're currently 11-point favorites. But either of those two guys is fine. Um, without Brolo, like, are we – I'm trying to figure this out because I don't think they have a real need to – throwing any big men here it's not like Washington has a lot of great bigs like Lopez Robin Lopez could end up playing a few extra minutes at min price I don't think he's a terrible guy to play um but like do they really need size in this spot here I don't think they do I think we could see like Giannis play some five in this game yeah I mean it's not like or Ilisova maybe yeah, yeah, actually, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they just throw Giannis in at the five and throw Ilyasova in there, in which case, like, Ilyasova is not the worst idea in the world at 3,500, even though, like, we generally play him and Giannis is out and he gets the start, and that's where a lot of his usage tends to go up. With Giannis in there, I'm not really certain that there's going to be a lot of a lot of points to go around for him. So it, I think it's mostly spend – like, I'm not going to argue with playing Rolo, and we'll get the starting lineup prior to the game starting, but – like, really don't see a lot of the cheap guys that I want to go with because I just don't know how many minutes the big man, any big man is going to end up playing outside of, of course, Giannis. And they may just throw him at the five, like you said. So it's Middleton, it's Giannis for me, and I think that might be it. Yeah, I don't – like, I'm with you. I don't really see a ton 
Like, I think you could play Giannis, Middleton, any of these guys are definitely in play. This is going to be a really, really fast-paced basketball game, and, you know, we know Washington doesn't play a ton of defense in general. So, with a couple of these guys being out, I don't mind taking some shots here, um, you know. But I think it's more of just, like, where where is the where are the minutes going to go? I think, like, again, you have to kind of – maybe this game doesn't stay close either because it's a – back-to-back for Washington and Milwaukee, you know, so you have to kind of, you know, think about that as well. So I'm kind of, like, I was just maybe looking at it and I was like going like, maybe you really do take like a tournament flyer on Ilisova, Ilisova, but he's 3,500 and like, he's not going to kill you if he puts up like 20 points, but he does have some upside. I just, they might not need him in this spot. Like, you know, they have Marvin Williams now too. Um, is this going to be the spot where he plays like 25 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. We just don't really know. Wait, wait on the starting lineup and maybe that'll tell you a little bit more. Yeah. Cause he's 3,100. So, um, on the Washington side of things, you know, obviously Beal coming off of a big game, he's 9,400. Um, what's standing out to you for Washington? I mean, it's a little bit tough. It's obviously not pace matchup, but it's really not a great matchup because Milwaukee's just so good on the defensive end. Yes, there can be some points put up. Like, maybe Bertans might be the best spot. Like, if they do go a little bit smaller um, at the beginning, like, could be a better defensive matchup for Bertans. Uh, Beal, like, second in back-to-back, obviously, jump shooter. He has had some big games on back-to-backs this season already, but coming off 39 minutes played in the last game, it's a tough matchup. It could be a blowout. If it's not close, they're probably going to yank him and just give him a little bit more rest. So there's going to be a ton of points scored in this game. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Thomas Bryant there. Like, but again, if they, there's a chance they go a little bit smaller. I don't know. Like I, I, I don't see a ton in Washington other than taking a tournament shot on Beal or Bertans. Yeah, I don't even mind taking, like, a tournament flyer on Ish Smith. I wish he was a little bit cheaper here because, like, he could be a guy that doesn't really see, like, a decrease in minutes in general. So, I just wish he was a little bit cheaper. That's all. Um, we'll have to see, like, if any news comes out on the back-to-back, too, because you take advantage of that type of news here. Uh, Atlanta at Philly. No total in this game. Atlanta side. Bembry's out. Capella's out. Labassier's out. On the Philly side, Harris is doubtful and Simmons is out. Um, let's start here with the Atlanta side of things. You know, obviously, Trey Young always has upside in any matchup. Uh, what do you like here when it comes to Atlanta? I mean, Trey Young's put up massive games versus Philly multiple times this season. Uh, the last game, we put up 77. I'm not expecting that entirely again, but it's definitely within the realm of possibility. I think the one before that, he had 68. So Trey Young, absolutely in play here. I don't know if people will jump onto it just because of what he's done against Phil in the past, but offer some upside without Simmons in there, without Harrison there. They're a little bit worse of a defense. But Trey, it really doesn't matter on the matchup. He can go off in any given spot. The game is currently set at a seven-point spread. I think that'll end up staying close. So Trey, like is the main guy I'm looking at. I don't think really have any interest in anyone else. Like Collins is fine, but he's 8,800 in a not great matchup. I don't think he's going to really go off. Deadman might get a few extra minutes going up against Embiid, but still he's at 4,800. He does offer a little bit of upside. He's had a few 30-point games, but it's not a ton of upside, and you're not going to want it on this slate. There's too many other good spots. So really it's Trey for me, and that's it. 
Yeah, like outside of Trey, I'm kind of with you. I don't really see a ton of upside in any of these other guys. I think like if you want to take a tournament shot on like a a herder, he's been playing a bunch of minutes here after the break. And if that like continues to be a thing here, um, all he needs to do is get hot. On the Philly side of things, I think Josh Richardson is one of the best value plays on the slate. It'd be really interesting to see what his ownership kind of comes in here. Um, What are your thoughts when it comes to Philly? Yeah, obviously without Simmons and Harris on the floor, uh, there's a lot of usage to go around there, and a lot of guys are going to end up with a whole lot more minutes here. Uh, Embiid going up against Atlanta, if this game stays close, he has a massive amount of upside. We have a lot of good spend-ups on the slate. He's only priced at 9.5K. Without Simmons, without Harris in there, he obviously offers a huge, huge ceiling. Uh, Ran plate IQ, or not plate IQ, court IQ. Sorry, getting ready for baseball season. Embiid's at 58 points per 36. It's a matchup versus Atlanta. It's a huge up-paced matchup. Embiid's going to probably be a fairly chalky play on the slate, I would assume. Um, but outside of him, Richardson, right there with you. He's a great play in this spot. He should see a decent increase in usage just because they need someone to score here. Um, the interesting one's going to be Burks. Uh, I know that they gave Neto the start the other day uh, without Simmons. And then the other game where Simmons ended up playing a little bit, Burks came in and played 20 minutes. I think Burks could be in for more, more playing time. It's a matchup versus Atlanta. We know that he could just eat up usage like crazy anytime he's on the floor when he was over with Golden State. We could see a similar spot here. I really like Alec Burks if he's not going to come in at heavy ownership. Outside of them, like Corkman, he's fine play. Horford, like he's not been doing great, but just with the injuries, he could get a little bit more playing time, maybe move him back to the starting lineup. I don't know, but uh, we'll get that information before lock. But I think Richardson, Burks, and Bede are all fantastic plays in this spot. And I wouldn't be surprised if Burks ends up getting the start because that now they have two guys that eat up a lot of usage that are out of the lineup. Yeah, I can see Glenn Robinson getting a little bit extra run here as well. So um, I think this is a team that we certainly want to target. I think they're going to be really popular here going up against Atlanta um, with these guys out too. So, Do you think people um, will actually be on Burks? Yes. All right. Maybe maybe not as much because he's 4900, but I yes. I mean, what do you, what what if he's not in the starting lineup? I know that the other night with Neto starting, not a whole lot of people on Burks and it's partially because we didn't know prior to lock, I don't think if he was going to start or not. But I don't know, his price tag's at 4900. I don't think he's like I don't know if he's in the starting lineup, he'll definitely draw some ownership, but I don't know, it's something to look at and see where Jamino has him pegged tomorrow. All right, uh, Orlando at Brooklyn. 211 total here. Brooklyn favored by two and a half. Aminu and Isaac are still out. We know Kyrie out for the season now. Um, what are we looking at when it comes to the Orlando Magic? I mean, Vooch had over 50 in, what, five straight, four straight. Gets a match versus Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not really great at defending bigs near the bottom of the league. In terms of fantasy points given up to him, it's going to be a high-paced matchup here. It's a perfect spot for Vooch, and this game's supposed to be fairly close. Price tag at 9.1K is a little bit up there, but he absolutely has a floor that should be more than high enough to pay off that value, and he has a ceiling that we haven't seen in a while, but still has 60-point upside in any given spot. I really like Vooch in this spot, but there's so many guys to spend up for. Like, Are we really paying up for him over Embiid, over Trey, over a lot of these guys? I don't know, but I still think if he's going to draw low ownership, he could absolutely outscore and beat. And even his floor game, like, is not going to kill you. 
So he's a guy that I definitely look at in tournaments and potentially look at in cash. Uh, Gordon has been on a tear over the last three games. 7,400 is a high price tag, but a matchup versus Brooklyn isn't terrible. He's viable, just not great. Uh, Brooklyn, bad versus ones. Like Fultz, potential upside game here. 6,100, I don't mind him, but no one stands out as a great play here. I mean, Fournier, Ross, don't stand out as great plays. I I don't know if I'll end up with any Orlando players in my lineup just because of the way the rest of the slate is working out. Orlando has struggled here recently. Um, you know, Brooklyn's been a team that's played really well. Um, yeah, like, I, I think Vooch is in play. I'm with you, though. It's hard to pay up for Vooch when we're potentially looking at, like, Embiid or some of these other guys. So, um, I don't think I'll end up playing Vooch here. I don't think I'll end up playing uh, Fultz here. But I, I certainly see the appeal uh, to playing either one of these guys, um, you know, they do have some upside in this matchup. So outside of that, like I don't really see anything else. Um, you know, DJ Augustine came back, uh, played 16 minutes the other night. You know, I don't expect him to play a ton of minutes here. Uh, so yeah, just, you know, kind of sticking to the two main pieces, you know, Aaron Gordon, 42 fantasy points um, after getting snubbed from the all-star dunk contest again, but uh, probably not going to go there as well. Um, what do you like here for Brooklyn? I mean, probably Levert and Dinwiddie. Jordan and Allen, like, can't really trust either of their minutes. They're probably going to need some size here, but, like, either one of them can end up being the guys that get more minutes. I'd probably expect Jordan to be the more likely candidate, so he'd probably be the better play, but – Neither of them really stand out. It's a slow-paced matchup. probably not a spot where I'm going with Joe Harris at 4,600. Yes, he always has the potential to go for an upside game, and he's getting the minutes, but this is not a spot where I'm really expecting him to go off. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Prince, everyone else, like, kind of just laying off him. Levert's the one guy that I'm really looking at, but, like, even that, I'm not overwhelmed in playing him. So he's going to take shots if he makes them. Then he's going to do well. If he doesn't make him, then he's going to do poorly. But he should, we should say around 20 to 30 shot attempts in this spot here, even a slow-paced game. It's just like he's priced at 7,300. His price has gotten to the point where he's not offering a ton of upside. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough matchup defensively, but there's obviously some upside for Levert. You know, Dinwiddie at 7,700. I wish he was a little bit cheaper. He really hasn't, like – had that like six seven eight x game um and this is a tougher matchup too so like this is one of those games that's you know like a almost a semi write-off game for me i just don't see a lot of um like great plays in this game in general so uh let's go knicks and rockets 230 total houston favored in this game uh by 14 nick lakina and elf payton are both questionable um, RJ Barrett's starting to ramp up a little bit minutes wise. Um, is there anything standing out to you in this game, uh, for the Knicks? Uh, Randall, like obviously Houston doesn't have a lot of big guys. Like we could potentially see New York try and go a little bit smaller, even in a matchup where they can probably like get some mismatches, but I probably, I really don't see Robinson playing a ton of minutes. I'll probably get the normal 18. A Randall high-paced matchup going up against Houston. Going to be a lot of scoring here. I know he hasn't been great recently, but we know that he has huge upside in a given spot. 
he'd be the only guy that I'm really looking at for the Knicks. I think I'm, more of my interest is on the other side. Yeah, like if I'm looking at this matchup, um, you know, if Elf and Nick Lakina both get ruled out, maybe that frees up some minutes here. But, like, are you really going to take a shot on Dennis Smith Jr.? Probably not. I get it. He's 3,300. Like, I could see why you would take a shot on him. But, yeah, I just – for me, like, I'm kind of with you here. I don't really like the Knicks. If you If I'm going to take a shot, it's probably going to be Randall. And that would just be more of just running it back for some of these Houston guys. Um, what do you like here for Houston? For Houston, I mean, main guys, Covington, Westbrook, Harden. Like, we know where all the usage is going to come from. Westbrook, ever since that Capel's gotten shipped off or hasn't been playing, he's been doing well. I know he hasn't done great in the last two games, but he got ejected in one that was a blowout. The other one was going up against Utah, in which case, like, it's a tough spot here. Westbrook has huge upside. Harden has huge upside. I don't know if they'll make it into too many of my builds because there's so many other good spend-ups, but both of them are very much in play. And then Covington, it's the same thing as always. He has some upside. He's going to play a lot of defense. He's going to chuck a lot of threes. He hasn't shot great in recent games. Two for 12, five for 10, two for eight. So he hasn't really shot great from beyond the arc, but he's still getting the volume in every single spot here. Has the rebound upside, has block steal upside. So... I have no problem playing Covington at all, even at 6K in the matchup versus the Knicks. But it's just those three guys, pretty much the same as always. Yeah, I think you can make an argument for Eric Gordon on DraftKings at 3,700. Uh, the price is is definitely fair. Played 24 minutes um, the other night against Utah. If he plays 25 minutes and he hits some shots here, he could pay off 3,700. I do think there's better value plays on this slate just in general. But um, I just wanted to mention him. You know, Jeff Green's been playing a few minutes. Um, you know, they're trying to fill the void of having a big guy. Uh, they picked up Damari Carroll, too. Um, so, yeah, just for me, there's a lot of um, a lot of question marks outside of, like, your main pieces here. Um, don't want to use a center spot for P.J. Tucker, even though he's really, really cheap. Um, yeah, I, I do think Houston kind of handles this game. Minnesota at Dallas. Um, no total in this game. It's a back-to-back for Minnesota. Brunson is out. Palace still out. Willie Cauley-Stein is questionable. Um, on the Minnesota side of things, Carol Anthony Towns, is he's out. Um, and didn't D'Angelo Russell, they said he's, he's expected, expect, to play. expected to play. Um, so we'll kind of have to pay attention to that. Um, let's start here with Minnesota. What do you like here for the Timberwolves? I mean, it's not a great matchup, but Russell, like, he's going to eat up all the usage again. Has massive upside if this game ends up staying close. I know it's a pretty big spread, but if it stays close, he's likely the guy that is going to be responsible for that. Has 60-point upside at 8.7K. Even if it doesn't stay close, he's probably going to end up in the low 40, so it won't kill you. He's absolutely a guy that I'm looking at. Nas Reed, Beasley, Lauren, Hernan Gomez, James Johnson, all these guys are probably about where they should be in terms of pricing. Like James Johnson, he's probably not going to get the start, although I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but it seems more like it's going to be Nas Reed again. Uh, but, yeah, realistically, all these guys are priced exactly where they should be outside of Russell, who still offers a decent amount of upside. Beasley is still going to shoot 18 shots. There's always the chance that he ends up having a good game, but 6K, not really a need on this slate to play him. Even if he goes for 40, it's not going to kill you. 
Yeah, Beasley, I think, is a, a, a solid play. I just don't see a ton of upside. Nas Reed, his price is so high. Um, if Russell comes back here, I can't pay 5600 for um, McAllen. So, yeah, like, you know, Hernan Gomez is a guy that, like, I, I've been playing, you know, quite a bit. He struggled against Denver um, on Sunday. I do think this is a nice little bounce back spot for him. So I don't mind him in this spot. Um, you know, like you said, maybe James Johnson gets minutes um, here, but I think he got a lot of minutes. Um, Nas Reed got in foul trouble on Sunday. So on the Dallas side of things, you know, Luca 10 five um, expected to play <laughs> dealing with some soreness. Um, what are you looking at here for Dallas? Just Luca. Um, yeah, like I, I generally do, if Luca ends up playing, I generally don't play Porzingis when Luca plays. I know he had a big night the other night with Luca, but and it is a good matchup. Just don't really see it there. Like Curry can always go off for a decent game, but everyone's priced where they should be. I mean, with these Mavericks, like DK is pricing them up to about where they should be because there's always a chance that Luca or Porzingis end up sitting. So everyone below Porzingis, not really on my radar. And then Porzingis, not a guy I play without Luka. Luka's always in play. It's obviously a good matchup. It's going to be an up pace matchup and a bad defensive matchup. So, yeah, Luka is really it. But, again, there's so many guys that are up in the top tier in pricing that are also in play. Luka I'd probably prefer to a lot of them, but he's he's just a good play. It's not a great one, and this game could very, very easily get out of hand. Yeah, I think there's two other names that, you know, we should mention here. Um, Keebler, he's a guy that's definitely interesting here, um, you know, especially if Willie Cauley-Stein ends up sitting. You know, he's uh, – you know, Minnesota's going to play Nas Reed. They're going to play some of these bigger guys. So, like, Maxi is a guy that could play, like, 30 minutes in this game. The other guy that I want to mention is Dillion Wright. Uh, played 30 minutes against Atlanta the other night uh, when Brunson got hurt early in that game. He's 4,300. I definitely prefer him to, like, um, J.J. Barea, even though Barea played, like, 19 minutes. And Barea is a guy that could be, like, a, a fantasy point-per-minute guy. So, like, if you want to take a large field tournament shot on Barea, if you're playing a bunch of teams, I'm not going to talk you off of it, um, especially at 3,300. Um, that's it for that one. We move on to Phoenix at Utah, 233.5 total here. Utah favored by 7.5 in this game. Uh, the only thing that I'm kind of seeing here is Kaminsky is still out. Let's start here with Phoenix. Um, Devin Booker at 8K, like, he has some tournament appeal here, but it's a really tough matchup. You know, Oubre at 6,700, Rubio at 6,400. Like, these guys are kind of interesting, but the matchup is really tough. Yeah, it's a tough matchup, honestly. Like, not to go on Oubre in a down-paced matchup. That's a tough defensive matchup. Not paying 6,400 for Rubio, who's just not paid off his price tag in a while outside of the last game. Like, he's been in the low 30s prior to that, but still, like – Maybe he offers some upside, but this is not the spot. I'm not going with him. Booker always offers upside, but realistically, Aiton's the one that I really would want to be using. Even in a tough matchup versus Gobert, Aiton stalls the ability to put up a big game. He's the only one, and it's strictly a GPP play. Yeah, tournament only. Uh, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, just kind of hoping that 
He's lower owned. Um, nothing really like this game. I wouldn't say like this game's a write off, but like I, I wouldn't mind like taking a shot maybe on Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. Uh, but like, I don't love this game. I, I really don't see like you know Clarkson. He's been playing a lot better here recently at fifty seven hundred. He's a guy that could go like six or seven x in this matchup, so I don't hate him. But I'm not loving. I'm not loving this game. Like, is there anything on the Utah side for you? Go Bear, Mitchell are fine plays. It's a good matchup. But no, no, I don't really want anyone from Utah. Yeah, it's a tough matchup. You know, when you're looking at it overall, like, you know, you have a Utah team that plays kind of middle of the road in pace. Utah or Phoenix plays a little bit faster. Um, but then like you go into like defensive efficiency and like Utah is a top 10 team, you know, Phoenix is like 17th. It's just, I expect this game to kind of be played a little bit slower being in Utah. I think the total is really interesting. Like Utah has one of the highest implied team totals on the slate. So like maybe as I dig more into like my research here, I end up on a little bit more Utah, but like first glance, like outside of Mitchell Gobert and Clarkson, I don't love them. Yeah, and maybe Conley. Like, it's a good spot. Yeah, 5,300. Played 34 minutes against Houston the other night. Um, if he plays 50 – if he plays 30 minutes in this game, like, yeah, he could definitely pay off that price tag. I like that goal. Yeah. They're a team that, like, uh, I am, like, expecting to, you know, have a little bit more interest in as the day goes on because they do, like I said, they have one of the highest implied team totals, you know, and this is a pace-up spot technically so uh, i think they're a team you definitely want to dig into a little bit more um you know i just you look at it and like bogdanovich if he gets hot obviously he could pay off his price tag but he's kind of priced appropriately Ingles takes a huge hit um when conley's back he doesn't get to play point guard a lot royce o'neill is a guy you never really want to play so like outside of playing like the main pieces here it's just it's tough than you know like utah yeah yeah no it's just when when they're fully healthy we know the three guys that's gonna go to and yeah the total is super high but i just can't get really really high yeah like i don't know some someone's going to do something but if you're just guessing like clarkson can contribute bogdanovich can contribute mitchell gobert conley like, yeah, it's 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 just tough to peg who's going to end up going off. And I wouldn't be surprised if everyone just kind of contributed across the board and no one really crushed. Yeah, I was trying to, uh, on the fly, pick up, pull up, like, the, the first meeting. They played at the end of October, and it was 96 to 95. So, like, the total really screamed. Like, it just this total, like, really, really standing out to me here. Um, might be one that you might want to take the under in. Memphis at LA taking on the Clippers. No total in this game. Um, Triple J is out for Memphis. Winslow is out. And then on the Clippers side, Beverly and Paul George are both questionable. Um, let's start here with Memphis. Obviously, Triple J being out. Freeze up about 30 minutes. Um, what are we looking at here for Memphis? Yeah. Um, J Val has not been great re- recently, but this isn't a horrible matchup. 6,900. I think you can take a shot at him in tournaments just because he does offer upside. I know he hasn't been playing a ton of minutes, but this could be a spot where he does end up playing minutes again. Morant, 
gotten a price decrease over the last few games, but still at 6,800. He's fine for tournaments. The guys I'm really looking at are Clark, like with Triple J out. We've seen Brandon Clark put up big games multiple times before, especially when he ends up playing minutes. Like he can smash on a per-minute basis. 5,500 I think is still a little bit too low price considering he's probably going to end up low 30 minutes if this game ends up staying close. So Clark is the main guy I'm looking at. And then strictly big field tournament. Dylan Brooks at some point is going to make a shot. It's just, it's been painful to watch because I play him every day. And 14 to 17 shot attempts in each of the last six, seven games. Just shooting so horrible. Has had two, had an 0 for 6 and 0 for 8 game from behind the arc. I have to assume that at some point he's going to come out to it. And his price just keeps dropping. 4,800. We've seen this guy put up 40 game point games before. <sighs> Strictly big field tournaments, and there's a chance it may just continue, and he might just be horrible. Maybe if Winslow ends up coming back for this game, that could eat into his minutes a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know. The price tag just keeps dropping. But, really, Clark is a fantastic play. Brooks is just a potential upside play. And then Jay Val, if he ends up getting the minutes – he could be a good, great play too. Yeah. Um, Clark obviously has some upside. Your boy Dylan Brooks, um, he's still putting up like 14 to 16 shots a night. He's just shooting the ball terribly right now. All it takes is one night shooting the ball well, um, and he could pay off this price tag. Like he's obviously a large field tournament play only. But I think Clark picks up some extra minutes here. You you kind of hope Valanciunas picks up some extra minutes because this is a really, really good matchup on paper for him. And the two matchups already this season, he's averaging 47 fantasy points per game. So I think it's a great spot for Valanciunas. Um, on the Clippers side of things, if we get news that uh, Paul George is going to sit, I think you can definitely take shots on Kawhi. Um, Reggie Jackson drew the start the other night against Sacramento, um, you know, with Beverly out. What are we looking at here on the Clippers? I think, yeah, if Paul George misses, you can absolutely take a shot on Kawhi. He's going to get an uptick in usage again, 9,700. Like there's a lot of payups on the slate, but he's probably going to draw lower ownership. Lou Will at 6,300. I mean, even with Jackson in the lineup, he's still going to end up playing a decent amount of minutes and have some usage. He's priced accordingly, and I have no problem playing him. The interesting one is Harrell. Like, there is some size over on Memphis, even without Triple J being in there. I'm not going to be surprised if Harrell crushes his 5,400 price tag. I really like him in this spot. Yes, it could end up going terribly like it does a lot of times with Harrell. We got 28 minutes in the last game. Could see something similar in this one. I have no problem playing him at all at this price tag because it just seems too low. Outside of that, probably not playing 6,100 for Jackson. He's still getting entrenched with his offense. They have no reason to run him out there for a huge amount of minutes. Probably not playing Morris. Definitely not playing anyone else below him. So I really like Kawhi in this spot, and I really like Harrell. Yeah, if we get news that Paul George sits, I don't mind taking shots on Marcus Morris, but I do like the spot for Harrell. I think he has a ton of upside. And if if we get news that Paul George sits, um, Lou Williams is another guy that I like here. So, uh, like those calls, uh, definitely going to be looking at this game if Paul George ends up missing. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for this Monday. Give me your favorite play under um, 
5K to 7X? I'm trying to figure – like, there's ob- there's some obvious ones. I'm going to go a little bit off the board. That's eh, not even that off the board. Alec Burks. Yeah, I like that one. I hope I hope he doesn't get a ton of ownership. Um, I'm going to go with Derek Jones Jr. from all the way back to the first game that we talked about. Really like him in this spot. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. Who do you like here to bust? This is a tough one. John Collins. That's what I'm going to go with. All right. It's hard to take this guy, but I have a – I just – mean, it's tough to take Bradley Beal in this matchup against Milwaukee on the second end of a back-to-back at this price. So, I'm going to go with uh, Bradley Beal here. Uh, favorite 6X play, who do you got? I'm going to go with Brandon Clark. All right. Mine is probably the, the chalkiest answer of the day, but I'm going to go Josh Richardson. Um, it's really hard for me not to see Josh Richardson – Get 6x at this price with Tobias and Simmons out. Um, let's get weird. GPP play of the day. Grant, what do you got? I mean, do you think Carroll's going to draw much ownership? I hope not. I wouldn't expect him to. Like, people are, I know he's had two good games in a row, but people are always hesitant and they'll probably need his size a bit in this matchup. Yeah, I'm going with Harold. All right. I'm going to go with J.J. Barea. We talked about him a little bit when we talked about the Dallas game, Brunson being out. I just think he plays like 20 minutes and puts up like 25 fantasy points. And at his price, um, I feel like that's weird enough for sure. So that's who I got today. Uh, Grant, game selection question. Is there anything, cash games, tournaments, anything standing out to you today? Just nothing I haven't mentioned before. I guess like the 10-mans and 11-mans over on Yahoo are – pretty chalky and pretty soft like if you play over on yahoo going a little bit off the board in those ones is a great way to make some money like they have 25 dollars ones they have 50 dollars ones all the way up to 530 and it's generally the same guys in it every day so if you have the bankroll don't want to have too much volatility but want to offer some decent upside top pays out 5x uh, i enter them every day and it's a great way if you don't want to set a bunch of lamps you just want to set one like a lot of people look at Yahoo as their last site, a lot of the big name guys and some of the competitions tomorrow, they have a $109, uh, 50, 50, 8% uh, margin. So like playing those tournaments is a great way to build your bank lo- roll semi quickly, but not have a chance at just ruining it entirely. All right, I'm going to go over to DraftKings, the NBA 10K Fast Break Single Entry $27 Tournament. Pays out 25% of the field. I do hate the fact that the top 10 is getting 42.5%, but I do think that this tournament's strong, paying out 25%. It's really good for mid-stakes players. Um, you are going to see a lot of familiar faces in this tournament. It's a pretty you know, popular tournament, but I do think it's definitely one that you should be checking out. I will also say that, like, you know, if you're a guy that doesn't typically mass multi-enter, DraftKings has a mega mini max today, uh, $4 buy-in, 150 entry max, 100K to first place tournament. Uh, so everybody that says all you need is 100 lineups, uh, for 600 bucks today you can win, um, have your chance at 100 grand and do what everybody does, you know, because all, all it takes is 150 lineups. So do you hear the sarcasm, Grant? Yeah, yeah, no, okay. I, just, I got it. <laughs> just wanted to make sure the sarcasm came off. Um, yeah, it just makes me chuckle every time. 
never gets old. Um, all right, Grant, finish us off here. Favorite over under? What are you looking at? So high, but ah, uh, gosh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the over in the Milwaukee game. All right, um, I like that one, man. I really. I wrote down the Phoenix Utah total wrong. It was two twenty three and a half, not two thirty three and a half. So I feel a lot better about uh, two twenty three, even though I still think that it's a really interesting under. You know, there's not a lot standing out to me today over there on Sharp Side. I got my streak up to seven on Sharp Side now. Um, the one that like I really like Orlando Magic plus three today. Like that one's really interesting to me. I don't know if I'm going to lock it in yet. Um, I want to keep my streak alive here. So I, I look at the magic one, and that's the one that I kind of lean to, but I don't know if I'm going to lock it in yet. So kind of maybe maybe I'll get some extra points out of that one, but um, Orlando plus three is one that's interesting to me. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Now pay attention to news. Pay attention to what starting lineups end up coming out, especially over in the Philly game. Could Could help give you a little bit more of an edge um, might not come out till later in the day. And so people are just kind of their lamps locked in. It's a good day to pay attention before lock. Let's just put it that way. Indeed it is. That's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more NBA. Hope everyone has an awesome day and everyone had a great weekend. Uh, we'll see you then. Hey kids. <laughs>